how anyone, and that includes you, can learn to be more creative. That's today's topic on the Shutterbug Life Podcast, episode 41. Welcome to Shutterbug Life Podcast. If photography is not just something you do, but who you are, this is a place for you. In this podcast, we talk about everything you need to be, do, or have to reach your true potential. Let's celebrate the creative photographer's lifestyle with your host, my dad, Linford Morton. Hi, and welcome again to the Shutterbug Life Podcast, episode 41. This is the podcast for my my photo enthusiasts and photography friends, those of us who want to know everything we need to be, to do, to have, to reach our true potential. My name is Linford Morton. I'm the host. Of course, you can call me Lynn because all my friends do, and of course, you are in that number. As we talked about, as I said in the intro, we're going to talk today about creativity and the premise that you can learn to be more creative or how anyone can learn to be more creative. Now, before I get into it, just want to say really quickly that this is, I'm going straight to the the feature in this episode because I'm preparing for the, uh, the, the Photo Plus Expo 2015, which is going to be in New York City. The week of, uh, it's going to be October 22nd through 24, I believe. And during that time, I will be doing a a walking, uh, a photo walk in Harlem. So um, thanks to those of you who have signed up for that already. And for those of you who will be there, let me know, because I'd love to see if we could bump into you on the show floor. So with that said, let's get to work. <laughs> How Anyone Can Learn to Be Creative Back in Ms. Van Horn's kindergarten class, where I went to kindergarten at Niski Elementary in St. Thomas in the U.S. Virgin Islands, we were all creative. I mean, we all knew how to create stuff, and we all did it with abandon. I mean, we were all different kids from different backgrounds, we all were at different levels in terms of how we had arrived at school. Some knew how to to spot letters, some knew how to spell, some knew how to read, some knew colors, some knew numbers. We all knew different things. We were all at different levels. But one thing we were all in agreement on, when it was time to go color or draw or play or do something like that, we were all full throttle over to the play, the play area. And... I, I thought about this in a couple of ways, because when we think about creativity and who is naturally creative and who might not be, I always hear a wide range of ish of, of responses. Now, when I start a photo tour, those of you who are in who are my alums, you know that one of the first thing I do, first things we do when we get together for a photo tour or a workshop or class of any kind is we sort of go around and say, okay, what's everybody working on these days? And what, if anything, are you struggling with? Where are your challenges these days? 
And, you know, doing this for, for, you know, five, six years now, you start to hear themes emerge. And one of the themes that I hear quite frequently is I want to learn how to be more creative because I'm not naturally creative. And a lot of times there'll be, someone will say that and they'll be with another friend or family member or child or husband or whomever. And they will say, now, now him, not her, you know, they're creative. They're so naturally creative, but not me. I'm not creative. And today's episode is intended to push back on that just a bit and say, no, we all are creative and we all can learn or relearn how to be creative. Now, I say relearn because back to the whole kindergarten premise and, and this came from Tom Kelly. Tom is a, he's an innovation consultant. He's author of the book, Creative Confidence. And I love his thesis. I was reading about it in the Atlantic. Uh, James Hamblin wrote an article. He says, in kindergarten, everyone is an artist. Not just an artist, but a two hands in the air. Me, 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 me. I'm an artist. Artist. By the first grade, it's still 100% of students who think they're artists but this time with just one hand. And then it progressed. And about fourth grade, we started to see a shift. And by the time they got to sixth grade, only two or three people would raise their hands. And when they do, they nervously look around like everyone else is going to think they were weird. This is by sixth grade. Between kindergarten and sixth grade, you see that transformation where everyone thinks they're an artist to the point where some people aren't quite sure, or even if they are thinking they are, they're afraid to say it out loud. And if we buy into that premise that, you know, we brought this on ourselves and we all still have in us the ability to be an artist, then how do we go about relearning how to get there? I think it's even more important for photographers because I think the very fact that you are interested in photography, that you were interested in taking pictures that you want to pick up this thing called a camera and you want to go out there and create something suggests to me that there's some creativity in you somewhere because if you weren't inherently creative in in some way this just wouldn't appeal to you right i mean can i make that leap that the fact that you want to do this the fact that you think there's something in you that tells you that you can do it and even though you might be frustrated because you don't think you are where you want to be doesn't mean you aren't creative. I'm going to add the Ira Glass quote because I think that might also be applicable here. But I'm going to go, yeah, and that's is what no one tells you when you're a beginner is that the first few things you could do will suck. But that's a whole different conversation. Let's stick to creativity. So if we buy into the fact that we can all be creative and we can all we all have this great degree of creativity in us. How do we find it? I'm going to suggest six steps or six strategies to help get you there in this episode. The first one is, I call it C-I-C-O. And I borrowed that from the old G-I-G-O. And so C-I-C-O stands for creative in, creative out. Which of course comes from G-I-G-O, which is Garbage in, garbage out. Now, the computer scientists in, in introduced us to this G-I-G-O term. And it meant, in its essence, that you only get what you put in. 
in terms of the way they talked about it, if you put in quality data into a system, you'll get good quality results out. And if you input garbage, hold your nose because garbage will come out. And so I think to get started, when we think about creativity, you have to remember, you have to input good creative information to be able to use it to create later. I almost call this, this episode the five or six habits of creative people. And I'm not still not sure that wasn't the right topic because part of this is my observation from looking at lots of creative people over the last, you know, six years. And, and of course, my whole life as a creative myself, watching other people I interact with who I always thought were creative. And what makes and, and what do I see in common with all of these kinds of people? Well, the first one is when I say CICO, it means that these people soak in a lot of information. For one, they're avid learners. These are the people who are always reading photography blogs. They're listening to podcasts. They attend work. Every time I bump into them, they're telling me about another workshop they attended somewhere else. And, you know, while I might be in the business of blogs and podcasts and workshops, I love to hear that people are doing this stuff wherever they're doing it. Because it means that you are now making a commitment to yourself to continue to learn and to input the kinds of information, the creative information that you will need to draw from if you are expecting to get creativity out of it. You got to start there. That's not the, it's not the end, but you have to start there. And so, it, it, it pays dividends when you try to find all the different ways to inspire your creativity, whether it's by classes or even just something as simple as looking at pictures, whether online or in magazines or wherever you find the kinds of images that inspire you. You've got to take in a lot of that stuff and you'd be surprised if you keep looking at pictures, if you spend a good chunk of time on Flickr or on 500 pics or wherever you find beautiful images, you'll find that taking that in will start to will start to affect the way you think and it'll affect your level of creativity. So you've got to take in CI creative input leads you to CI creative output. That helps you form a foundation that will, will fuel your creativity later. Now, number, step number two or, or stra strategy number two means is, is now that you're taking in all those informations and creativity will also come from connections from all these existing ideas that you don't particularly connect when you take them in. What do I mean by that? I mean that lots of times when you take in lots of information from different sources and you allow it to sort of marinate there, you make some interesting connections that you might not realize you make. You might see, you might like someone's lighting. You might like a location. You might like the way the models work in the sun in one setting. You might like this, you know, the way they set something up and you can begin to pick and choose from lots of different inputs and begin to remix it. I like to think remix it into your own unique cocktail and you're remixing it into making it your own. But it's not just that you're taking in all these information just to spit them out as you took them in, but you're taking them in and subconsciously you start to link things together 
and make connections and make connections from all these disparate ideas. And though that's where you find creativity, when you can start to mix and match and remix all these different ideas or all these different inputs. So you've got all this information. You're starting to mix and match with them in your brain. You're starting to make these connections. The next thing I'd say is step three is you begin to create without editing. Create without editing. Now, Walt Disney had a process for creating. He called it dreamer, realist, spoiler. The dreamer stage was for fantasizing. This is where you get to create the most fantastic and absurd ideas as possible with no filter. You just spit all the ideas out. This stage was about the why not. So we do this sometimes with brainstorming. We just say, just give me all your ideas. Just give me all, all, all your ideas. We pour them onto the table and we don't bother sifting them or doing anything but just collecting all these ideas. But in the second stage, the realist is where he where is the point where we start to whittle down the ideas to the ones that were practical. You look at the ideas and go, how would we do that? How would we do this? How would we do this? And when you and then when he did put that how filter on it, he was able to now whittle down all these ideas to the ones that were more practical. Then he took them into the spoiler phase where he redefined it by poking holes in the ones that were left. Now, I take you through all three stages, but really what's important here, my takeaway from this for you is in the first stage, the dreamer stage, you get to create without editing, meaning you get to allow yourself to create or spit ideas out or brainstorm or whatever you do. But you know that during that process, you don't do any editing. You allow yourself to just create unfettered and without any criticism or any pushback of any kind. Because when you allow yourself to do that, that's when you get more ideas. You get more wacky stuff. You get more creative. And allowing yourself just to dream for a minute or just come up with crazy ideas or to try different things that you might not normally try. The pro you see, the thing is, many of us, when we start trying wacky stuff, we start to edit and censor right away and go, oh, that'll never work, and, and we move away. Oh, that'll never work, and we move away. I, I read a, a great blog post a while back from oh, this photographer in based in D.C. Oh, Sam, oh, I forget his last name. I'm so sorry, Sam. I want to give you credit. But he talked about the fact, and, and it spoke to me because I do this all the time, is you will see something that looks like an interesting shot. And before you even shoot it, you'll go, the light's horrible over there. The background, that'll never work. That'll never work. And you censor yourself and you move on. And Sam made the case that really, if you want to learn to be creative, you go over there anyhow and you see if you can try something and try and find a way creatively to make it work. You know, if I if I allow myself just to to try something, I play on an experiment, I might find that something interesting comes out of it. But we never get there because we censor it. I do this all the time. I look at it and go, that'll never work. The background's awful. Oh, the lighting is harsh. Ugh, I'm not even going to go over there. I'm not even going to bother to shoot. And that kind of censoring helps to, to limit your creativity. So you have to create without editing. When I work, when I used to work and do Six Sigma, we used to do the yes and, which is a I think a technique that comes from the improv 
from the people, actors who do improv, some of those are an idea. And before you can say yes, no, or it's bad, it stinks, you have to go yes and and include something else. And I think that might even be interest, an interesting thing to, to do with photography when you're out there looking and thinking about creative things to do before you poo-poo it say yes and like i think it'd be interesting if i took a picture of this candle but i only did it against the red candle against the yellow background and before you go oh that is so cliche just go yes and it would be interesting if i did something else and build on that and allow yourself to continue to grow those creative ideas so creativity comes from creating without editing now once you start doing that, you have to realize in step three that creativity sometimes exists where you wouldn't expect it. So, so creativity by its nature is unpredictable. You put in all these efforts and you trust that it will result eventually. And many times it doesn't show itself when we think it should. And we quit and we move on to something else. But I'm going to make the argument that you keep on working at whatever you're doing because sometimes it shows itself as a happy accident. You know, knowing that it doesn't show up on schedule doesn't mean you quit. It means that you keep trying crazy things, knowing that it will show up when you least expect it. So keep working and we least expect creativity. Sometimes you can expect it because you stumble on it by accident. Seek it in places you might normally look and seek it in things that you don't know that you don't know. And it shows up when it shows up. The next one is creativity is going to be more than just emulating um, another person's ideas or routines. Now, I think this is important, especially in the days of the internet celebrity photographers. And you find often that, you know, people want to be like Trey Radcliffe or Scott Kilby or Peter Hurley or just, you know, enter your own favorite photographer's name in the blank. And we go out and we try and emulate the way this person does. And and I've talked about this sometimes in creativity. Sometimes it's fun to just emulate and then as, as a way to get yourself going. But, but, but know that that's not creativity. That's copying. So the danger... I read a quote that says the danger in simply emulating other photographers is that it might suppress our own quirks and individualism, which is where creativity really comes from. It's your own unique interpretation, again, of all these creative inputs. And so you have the creative inputs coming from all these, not just all these places you read or pictures you, 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 you view, but also learning from the masters studying the greats and then once you have that basic knowledge you use it to then as i said before experiment fail experiment again keep working at it and and then one day you find your own voice but the only way to become creative is to do your work for yourself and not to lean on too heavily the work or the input of someone else so next this is going to be a no-duh kind of a one, but continuously creating will lead you to creativity. To become more creative, you must create. And you must continue creating. Now, it's obvious and it's simple. 
you've got to create and create fearlessly. You've got to start your own blog. You've got to publish your own work. You've got to launch your Project 365. You commit to shooting daily. Begin a personal photo project and see through the completion. As Nike says, you have to just do it. Creativity, Tom Kelly says, is is as much about the ability to come up with ideas as it is about the courage to act on those ideas. Everyone is innately creative. Creators are just people who act. And he suggests a line of thought that says, I'm not going to be perfect, but I am just going to try stuff. And so the people I know who are creative, if we go back to the, the, go back to the habits of creative people, they're always out there trying stuff. They're always, you know, creating elaborate, you know, shoots. They're, they are, I mean, I remember last, last Photo Plus Expo, I was listening to Lindsay Adler. She talked about, you know, booking these, these, uh, shoots where she would, you know, come up with a, 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 a really outlandish theme and which for her included models, hair, makeup, location, setting, all the things she would do if she was shooting for a client and just do it all on herself just to keep her herself sharp, to keep herself creative and then also to attract uh, clients. She did the kind of work for the kinds of clients she would want to, to attract. And so that also had you know, and also another unintended or intended consequence. But the fact of the matter is, I looked at this person who was just so, when you looked at her her portfolio and the stuff she presented, she was so creative. She came up with so many radical concepts. And it's because she put herself on a schedule where she said, you know, once a month or once a week, I'm going to do one of these outlandish things just for myself. Continuously creating also leads to creativity because it feeds that energy. And so if you have ever talked yourself out of being creative, I'm wrapping up now, and if you have ever found yourself saying, you know, I'm just not the creative type, I'm going to challenge you to take these six steps. Take in more creative information, C-I-C-O. Creative in leads to creative out. I'm going to challenge you to look for ways to make connections from all those in existing and disparate ideas. I'm going to challenge you to practice creating and creating without editing. Don't silence your creative voice before you've had a chance to express it. I'm going to challenge you to relax and know that sometimes it will exist and exist where you don't expect it to. And because it doesn't show up on schedule, not to give up on it. I'm going to say that make sure that you are seeking it in your own routine and in your own voice and not just emulating another person. And then finally, I'm going to challenge you to keep creating continuously. Continuously creating leads to creativity. And if if you take those six steps or do those six strategies, I think you will find yourself on your way, not overnight, but over time, becoming a more creative person. Now it's your turn. Have you ever thought of yourself as creative? Which six, and if not, which of these six steps or strategies can you use to tap into more of your own natural creativity? Do you have any other strategies of your own? And if so, let me know in the comments. I'm interested in hearing what you might use or what you might take away from these six steps. And hopefully we can all continue to become more creative together.
Well, that wraps up another episode of the Shutterbug Live Podcast, episode 41. Hey, if you like it, make sure that you don't miss another episode and subscribe. You can do that on our blog, on the Shutterbug Life Podcast and blog. Just go to shutterbuglife.com forward slash subscribe. And if you enter your information there, I will make sure to let you know whenever I post a new podcast episode or even a, a blog post that might be helpful for you. Um, you can find this episode just by going straight to the shutterbuglife.com uh, forward slash podcast and just put in the search bar episode, just put 041 and that will take you straight to this episode. Um, you can also also find us on, uh, you can also find us on, on iTunes, itunes.shutterbuglife.com will take you straight to the iTunes page. And of course, we're on Stitcher as well. And you can find us there by just searching for Shutterbug Life. Now, I'm so glad for, to those of you who have been following along. And even, I, I have to give a special shout out and thank you to all of you who responded to the survey I sent out uh, late last week. I sent out a survey asking for some feedback and some input from you on the podcast itself. And I just got really just uh, a level of, of response that I hadn't expected. So I'm really thankful that so many of you took the time to do that. You know, one of the things uh, I want to answer just a, really quickly, a couple questions I saw come up, even if it was sporadically. And one was why the personal information. And I said, this, this, um, the survey is supposed to do two things. One, the first part gives me information about your preferences, your likes, and what's going to be most helpful to you so that as I'm creating going into 2016, I can, I can focus my efforts on the things that are going to provide the most value to you. The second is it's going to be helpful if I can get sponsors or, or advertisers to sign on and, and help us out next year. And the reason... Um, those what's, you know, seemingly personal questions will, will, are there is because that's the kind of, of information they will want from me. They will want to know who you are. They want to know you, the age range. They want to know, um, what the average, um, uh, household income will be. They want to know, uh, sort of where you are. All these personal things, which seem personal to you, uh, are, are the kind of things that, that, sponsors and advertisers need to make good decisions for whether or not we're going to be a good fit for them. Um, I'm going to also make sure they're a good fit for us as well um, to make sure that we don't introduce anything else into our conversation that might be distracting or not complementary to what we're doing. Here's the thing. When you input that information, I don't know who you are. It's all your responses are completely anonymous. I have no clue who's answering what. I just look at all the numbers in aggregate so that I can present it to them. And because a number of you, you know, saw that, got scared, stopped filling out the the survey and then sent me an email asking about it. And quite honestly, until you send me an email, I don't know who you are. So I would I would just offer that if you fill it out and, and if there's a question or two in there that you think are just is, you know, might be too personal that you don't want to enter. That's fine. Just skip that one and just enter and fill out the rest of the survey with the things you feel comfortable entering. Because quite honestly, honestly, even if you just give me the first section, it still helps me prepare and provide helpful and valuable, valuable information for you. So with that, thank you again to everyone who took the time to complete the survey. 
And uh, I will do a, a, a special recording where we'll look at the results and tell you um, what changes you can expect based on what I have heard you say. All right. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you again. Thank you for being a part of this community. And remember, whatever you do this week, enjoy your Shutterbug life. Take care. <laughs>